0: Welcome to episode 38 of the Backyard Banter podcast. My name is Matt Harmon, and we are joined by an extra special guest this week on his own on his own week. I mean, this is this is it. This is Scott Fish Week. The Scott Fish Bowl is drafting right now. It kicked off just a few days ago, and we have the man himself, the legend Scott Fish, on the podcast. Scott, how are you
1: doing today? I am doing good. A, a little tired. It's been an intense surreal week, but uh yeah, it's uh, it's good to be on.
0: Yeah, absolutely. It's good to have you. It's good to be on the host end. You nor I've been on the the bull rush now twice or two or three times. Um and uh it has been it's been extra fun uh being you, you know your guys' guests, but now now I've got the seat here, Scott. And yeah, it's it's gonna be well. I'm sure we will have very different conversations of what we do on the Bull Rush. But uh, if you're not familiar with Scott Fish, I don't know what the hell you're doing. But um, I don't even know really how to introduce you. Besides, I was saying before we started, you know, fantasy football's mad scientist essentially um, with what you do with the Scott Fish Bowl. But we'll so we'll dive into we'll dive into that in a little bit. But I always start the podcast. Uh, asking the guest, how did you come to first fall in love with football or fantasy sports? Take me back to kind of the grassroots of your story, Scott.
1: Well, I, I can't tell you when I first fell in love with football because it was when I was too little to remember anything. I think I've loved football my whole life. I've I've loved I loved sports as a kid, but football really stood out. Uh, every every memory. I have is of, uh, is watching, watching football games and, and it's starting that way with my son too. And I'm sure he won't remember his start, but, uh, my, my first love of fantasy probably came in the early nineties, watching Barry Sanders, um, Barry Sanders and, uh, Steve Young. And, uh, I did watch, uh, I did watch the Joe Montana's and the Boomer Esiason's before that, but I really, really got into it in the Barry Sanders, Steve Young, Emmett Smith days.
0: Yeah, I mean those were some great players that uh, you know are kind of before my time. But what what was it like watching like what was it like watching Barry Sanders? I imagine like watching him actually play live, you know, instead of just the highlights.
1: Oh, it was it was unreal. I just you, it, he was one of those players, and I I think I I think I said this when Adrian Peterson came out. Um, uh For the when we got him on the Vikings, that he, Barry Sanders is one of those players that every time you got he got the ball, you were scared he was going to take it to the house. You were just scared that he could he could explode on any play. Oh, that's yeah, amazing!
0: Man. Yeah, that's certainly the case, and uh, it, it appears that uh, it, that was the way that Barry Sanders uh, played the game. It's it's interesting. Just some players just speak to you, you know, and I I like that about football. It's what makes it so fun. But so, Scott, what was kind of the um. What was kind of the impetus for you to get more involved in the fantasy world as in like you know covering the game or wh- where did you get your start you know with like now you work for dlf and and all that um where did where did it begin for you
1: i think i think it first started probably in the late 90s when i i started uh delving into Devi leagues uh started uh we a friend of mine wanted to. Friend of mine and myself wanted to design a league where we could have college farm system players. And we used to go on, like, in AOL chat rooms <laughs> and uh, forums online to try to find anything like it. We couldn't find anything like it. But that got me involved in, in fantasy forums online and things like that. And uh, at, at one point, I started uh, my own little blog. Like, <laughs> it seems like most people in this industry do. And then uh, in the early two thousands, I caught on. Just I was in a forum so much that they asked me to uh, start writing their start sitcom. That was probably I don't know oh four or oh five I think two thousand five, and uh, I was hooked from that point on. I just loved it.
0: Yeah, it's 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 a when it's one of the things like once you get into it, once you dive like. You dip your toes in. You either know, like, yeah, I'm gonna dive all the way in, or uh, I'm gonna pull back a little bit here. And uh, for for those of us stickos like you and my myself, we we go ahead and just dive head first in. Um, so, what got you hooked up with? I, I want to actually know. I actually want to talk about the Debbie leagues first, because you know, we a lot of people know you for Scott Fishbowl, but. I don't think that everybody knows that that's like the only thing you're kind of the mad scientist for. Um, talk about uh, developmental leagues or Debbie leagues for a little bit here.
1: Yeah, and in, in fact, I was probably that's probably all people knew me for for years was was Debbie, and now there are so many great Debbie people out here, and I've kind of uh, backed off on the Debbie because people are way better than me, and I just don't have the time to scout that I used to. But uh, yeah, in about 1999, we started playing that playing that format with, uh, college players involved. And, uh, I really, really loved it. I really loved getting that player and watching, <laughs> watching what there was of high school of high school videos online of players, uh, bat, way back then. We just, uh, we, we just drafted college players cause we watched them on Saturdays. Now we can watch high school videos, which is just unreal. Mm. Yeah, but uh, it's it's a lot of fun to draft a guy coming out of high school, draft a guy early in college and watch him. It, it's kind of like just nowadays when, when you scout a rookie for most dynasty leaguers and you're right on a rookie. It, it's that much more satisfying when you watch him for a few years and then they, they break out.
0: Yeah, and I think the one thing that's that's so endearing about that experience, I've never personally played in a okay. debut league, uh, but I I'm just theorizing here that You know, so much of us get involved in fantasy football because we want to be a GM. You know, we want to have that feeling of like, I want to control the team or like, you know, what if I was in the front office? What if I was picking the players? And that's probably the best way to do it is to track them all the way through their college career into when they are eligible to play for your fantasy team. It's probably the same sort of experience.
1: Yeah. And I will say you get you get really deep biases <laughs> when when you do that when you've watched a guy for that long you you kind of really dig in on a player either good or bad <laughs> and uh it's hard to break away uh at least i I've found I've, I've had trouble with that if i l- really like a guy early on uh, like a guy like jamie harper from clemson who you've probably never heard of i always thought he was going to be amazing mm-hmm. and uh he just never broke out, but I continued to love him even when he came to the NFL. Even when he got on the Titans and he was like the their fourth running back, I was still saying he can do it. But uh <laughs> you, you tend to, you tend to hold on to players a little too long that you like.
0: Hey, Jamie Harper, who is he the other Clemson back that came out the same year as CJ Spiller? Or am I thinking too no he
1: was he was i think i think he came out the year after cj spiller came into that they were were on clemson this around the same time they on clemson at the same time yep because
0: you know how you know how that game goes is like You know CJ Spiller, top ten pick. Then the people that really and maybe this was you. So I'm not trying to throw any shade here, but then the people that really like Jamie Harper, I can. You know, I wasn't covering the the sport at this time at all. Is you know before my time, but I still remember people you know being like, "Well, Jamie Harper is even better than CJ Spiller." You know, and uh, so there's there's always those guys that you know you got to take it the next step. You can't just like a player. You got to really really
1: like them almost you know? to a contrarian point just, yes. just to be a contrarian yeah i've, I've yeah. seen that happen around yeah
0: <laughs> yeah just to be a contrarian and just like to let people know how much you like them you have to like make the take that much more bombastic exactly but, <laughs> you know i think i think it is funny just the idea of uh developmental prospects and and debbie and all that and i you know to, to somebody that's not listening yeah you know, I, I heard you talking about it on the dynasty blueprint uh the podcast this this week uh because of course you've been making the podcast rounds with it being scott Fishbowl week um <laughs> One of the things that that you know you said there is like conceivably you could trade uh you know like cam newton for uh for a high school freshman or not a high or a college freshman you know nowadays like that's what devi leagues are
1: yeah. Yeah, that's. I mean, we we played that you could trade, you could trade them back then as well. But now it's oh, it's almost widely accepted. It's it's a thing that uh, it's a legitimate thing that people do. In fact, the MFL lets you create players on their site simply so you can do that. Which is yeah. wow, it's 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 crazy what it's come to. It's you almost feel like a proud papa. I've had that feeling several times in this industry. <laughs>
0: yeah, I believe it. Well, let's just. Let's just not bury the lead here, Scott. Let's let's get into into the Scott Fishbowl for for what it is, uh, because that's probably why people are tuning in. That's why we have you on here today. Um, <laughs> let's talk origins of of the Scott Fishbowl because I I've, I've heard you talk about it in other places, but I feel like I still want to know a, a little bit more. So, what were when did, when was it born? Not not as it's known today, but you know, its larva state
1: it's larva state actually. And, and I have said this under uh, other podcasts that, uh, there was a guy writing at my site, uh, at the time, Mike Kaus, and it was originally, uh, he, it was originally his idea to, uh, have a, a reader league for the site and have it be a big reader league. And, uh, <laughs> that first year we reached out to, uh, Industry guys from just people around the industry, people from football guys, people from, you know, all around. And uh, we got 96 teams that first year in 2010. We got guys like Jeff, ha- Jeff Hasley and Ali Fontana and Mike Clay. And it was just impressive to get those people. And then the the following year, uh, we had a downturn that not a lot of people came to act. There were a lot of, a lot of dead teams in that first league, uh, that 96 teamer. And it was 60 teams the second year. Mm. Yep. And so then, uh, I took the next year off. That was the year that my wife uh, got pregnant and just a busy time for us. I took a year off, but then the next year I came back in 2013 and I really hammered it. I, I, I went around asking just about everyone and, uh, it has grown exponentially from there.
0: Yeah. So how many teams in, were in the, uh, were in the first rendition there, the 2013 season?
1: Uh, after I came back, the 2013 had 120, mm. and it has grown by exactly 120 every single year since.
0: Right, and for the listeners at home, you know, 120 teams, like that sounds weird. And we were trying to explain it to people, in the, me, Matt Franciscovich, Alex Galehardt, Marcus Grant are all playing in it this year. We were trying to explain it to somebody in the office today, and you know he now it's 480 obviously and and he was like wait 480 teams how can you draft from the player pool so to the listeners at home it's not 120 teams drafting from one player pool it's broken up into different divisions and conferences correct
1: right right it's uh, this year it's eight conferences with five divisions of 12 teams each it's you basically play in a 12 team league the only difference is at the end of uh, 12 weeks starting in week 13 Everybody gets thrown together in one giant playoffs, um, which makes it kind of unique. I know that the Reddit Narwhal leagues, uh, they're a bunch of 12-team leagues, and then they have a overall prize, but they don't have a combined playoffs. It's not like one league. This is mm-hmm. one massive league where you're all together.
0: Right, like one person will be crowned champion of these 480 teams and by one person i of course mean me Uh, no i'm not i'm not like dynasty frank on your podcast i do not uh envision that i will be winning this thing but i'm just here for (laughs) i'm just here to to try uh but it's 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 an intense thing and i think the cool thing about it um before we get into the wacky scoring system you know with all the with all the with all the divisions and, and and conferences and teams you really end up seeing just how big the community is, and you break it up by fans and analysts. So, what's that structure like?
1: Well, this year it's nine analysts and three fans per division. Uh, I might change it up next year. I'm not. I'm not sure that I love that ratio, but uh, I feel like that's a good mix of three fans in each conference get to play with nine analysts. That means there's I. I make sure that no site is doubled up, you know, it happens, but uh, that way they get to play with nine different sites. They get nine different potential analysts that they read on a daily basis. It's really fun for the fans to be in a division with that many people that they, they possibly read or respect in the industry. Um, And to, to the fans credit, there's no real fans anymore. I mean, they're, they're just as pro as us. The, The by ratios, they do just as well in this thing as the analysts do. Mm.
0: Well, that's good. That's good news for all the people that uh, you know will comment on our NFL.com articles or videos and say,
1: "I could be in a league
0: with you guys and win." And I always <laughs> want to. I always want to say to those guys, "Well, no shit. Of course you could. It's just yeah. fantasy football. Like I'm just another idiot." I and I love. I think the Scott Fishbowl really. Ex, like exemplifies this like I'm just another idiot trying to figure it out just like you guys are you know and that's like we're all competing and of course you might beat me that doesn't that doesn't make me any worse of an analyst or writer and it doesn't make you you know any any worse of a person either you know it's it's, we're, it's we can anybody can do this you know and I like that the Scott Fishbowl kind of gives that idea
1: yeah it's 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 really great that and any we've had two fans win out of five yeah. years so that's That's also really nice. I I think the main one of the main like backbones of what SFB is for is for the community to have a an event, a get together, something to connect us all, something for the the big sites and the little sites, the NFL.coms to to you know like see the up and coming falafel houses, etc. you know, like to communicate and get to get to know each other. And that, that's some, that's probably one of the things I love most about it. And then the fans get to be part of that.
0: Yeah. That's, that's the cool part too. And so uh, and the craziest thing to me, and I know a few other people have said this, and I think everybody drafting has felt this, even if they haven't said it, like how incredible is it, Scott, that you are the architect of this thing that in the middle of July, When when literally the only NFL news is somebody signs a contract or might sign a contract, um, or or, or somebody gets arrested, like that's the only news we can hope for right now to discuss things with football. But here we are, in the Scott Fishbowl, talking about players. You know, I'm at work talking
1: about it. I'm on Twitter talking about it. It's just you. How crazy is that? it's it is amazing and i think it's some i have always started this league the first monday after the 4th of july and i i don't know what kind of sheer stroke of luck it is that 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 just times up perfectly with the dead cycle of <laughs> what the reason i put it there was so that we could have it all done before august when all us analysts have content to do mm-hmm. you know cuz august is such a huge month and it just turns out that because of that timing, <laughs> everybody talks about this, and and I think you're right. I think the 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 architect part, the the way I set up the scoring and the roster construction, uh, it, it forces people to really think about players in a different way than they're usually normal or they're normally used to.
0: Right. So let's talk a little bit about the the construction of it, the nuts and bolts. You know, not a, we'll we'll talk a little bit of how you select people to be in it, but also let's talk about the scoring system. So it's not at all your normal 12 team, 10 team home league or something like that. It, there are a lot of differences to it, not just in and, and beyond just getting to the playoffs.
1: Yeah. And I think I, I make the difference. There's a lot of differences, but I think that they're common enough or at least understandable enough that anybody can, can step in and, and try to play because it, it's got a quarter point per carry, which is pretty easy to understand for, for anyone. Uh, It's half point PPR this year. It's one point PPR for tight ends. uh, And it's super flex. So you got, you got those things bumping and taking down different positions, which, uh, which evens the field. It evens, evens up wide receivers and running backs a lot closer. It bumps up tight ends. It it makes quarterbacks more valuable with the super flex. Uh, But None of none of that is like weird. I mean it's right. it's weird, but it's it's stuff that's out there in leagues, it's stuff that people have probably sure. played with, so they can at least wrap their bra- their brains around it.
0: Yeah, like uh when Gelhar was asking me, he's like, you know, so what's what's the difference in the scoring? And I'm like, Oh boy, okay, let me tell you. <laughs> you know, we're walking, we we're walking to the bar one night talking about it. And you know, by the end of the time, by the end of the walk, he he's up to speed on it, but so I'm trying like as I'm trying to explain it to him I'm like well running backs are value are are valued more than other positions because there's the quarter point per carry but quarterbacks are valued more than other positions because there's a super flex you can flex them uh, wide receivers are valued cuz there's four flex spots you could potentially start up to seven receivers but tight ends are also uh, valued more than anybody, because they got the, the the PPR bonus for them over the half point for the wide receivers. And then by the end, it was, so he's like, so which one is the most valuable <laughs> position? I'm like, I don't, I don't really know.
1: <laughs> I don't <laughs> think I don't, anyone like, does. Yeah, it's... right. <laughs> this,
0: this year, I feel like there's well, I mean, you, and you could speak on this too, how this is kind of felt. There's been more analysis of the Scott Fish Bowl. There's been I was in a mock beforehand, uh, two QBs. Uh, Sal Stefanelli, who's out on the podcast, um, they have ADP data out there for the for the for the league. What is that like? What's that like? Isn't that is that not crazy to you that, <laughs> that people are analyzing the Scott Fish bowl? I mean, you're Scott Fish for God's sakes.
1: Who are you? <laughs> it is your bowl. I, I'm in a constant state of of uh, Jud Nelson at the end of uh, Breakfast Club with the uh, the pumping the fist. That's that's the constant state I'm in lately. No, it's uh. It's really unreal. To, to be honest, I never liked the the name. I didn't want it to be the Scott Fishbowl. I, I, uh, it was the FF Oasis Invitational, which was my old site. And then when that when I, uh, you know, closed that down and went to DLF, I needed a new name. And Twitter, as as it'll do, came up with the Fishbowl. Of right. course, every iteration of domain name with Fishbowl was taken, so I had to throw <laughs> my first name on there. And I'm Wait, glad I did because. SFB rolls off the tongue. I like yeah. SFB. So, uh, but it's really, it is really amazing this year how much it's taken off. And and I, I can't say enough for all the people, all the analysts that have done so much analyzing <laughs> of it. Yeah. So, so many mock drafts. It's it's been really fun to watch, and it's really fun for really everyone to to get involved in that. It, it's something to do in July. <laughs>
0: Oh, it's it's fantastic, and uh, I mean Scott Fishbowl—the name—I mean it works. Like it's it's great for me. It, it sounds good for me, and SFB does really you know roll off the tongue. It makes a good hashtag. It's good for branding, you know, a three-letter name and then three numbers after it. It's very it's very good. It works out. But okay, <laughs> so I, I'm gonna I'll, I'll ask you this: What what would you have called it if you weren't gonna call it Scott Fishbowl and you couldn't make it FFOasis League anymore? You know what what would you no. have called? It?
1: wow i i honestly the the suggestion of fishbowl came in so quickly i've i have not put a moment of thought into that question i i think fishbowl might have been something i thought of though uh eventually but uh yeah wow i don't know probably something invitational i probably would have like some kind of pro-am invitational or uh, something something that probably wouldn't have been as catchy or caught on
0: Well, I feel the same way about reception perception, Scott. Like, <laughs> I've always constantly said, like, yeah, well, if, you, if somebody that's listening has never heard me say it before, I, it was one of my friends for, on Facebook named it when I was coming up with the methodology. It was like, hey, I've been coming up with this series about wide receivers, you know, put a status up there, but like, hey, you know, what's a good name for this? Because uh, if I had named it, it would have been something dumb, like Harmon's <laughs> methodology for receivers, and that would never have been as catchy of a hashtag. <laughs> But sometimes Twitter, you know, hey, it's Twitter, Facebook, social media, the people in your life, they, they, they're the ones that you know take the take the wheel and make it
1: run. Yeah, it's it it is great. Sometimes it's it's nice to get that helping hand. Yeah,
0: that is certainly true. Um, (laughs) So speaking of helping hand, like. Not only is the uh, the, the scoring system a, a complicated process or a big part of the nuts and bolts of it, but also how you select people. How do you go about selecting the analysts to be in the league and then even more so, how do you go about selecting the fans to be in the league
1: you know it's getting it's getting easier and easier on the analyst side going f- nowadays because i don't i don't this is probably the last year i'll have to really reach out for people and i don't I barely had to this year because so many signed up. Ah, uh, but I did. I did reach out a little bit. Uh, as far as far as the fan thing, that is a tough battle. That is a tough battle because we had almost two thousand people sign up this year, and uh, over wow. fifteen hundred of them were fans. Yeah, I, I looked about three weeks to a month ago, and it was eighteen hundred, but it, it did end up being closer to two thousand. Uh, basically. I, I kind of randomize it. I ran some satellites last year and I had people sign up and put in a little code and I gave them a little weight for, you know, I weighted their their lottery chances, if you will. And uh if you donated to Toys for Tots, which is which is a drive I, I run a Toys for Tots drive. I weighted you a little bit there too. And if you'd uh, signed up two, three years in a row, I gave you a little weight there too, you know, towards that lottery. And uh basically i i have an excel spreadsheet and i i randomize and sort and that that's what it comes down to for the most part
0: yeah it's 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 pretty crazy Two thousand people i mean that's it's nuts uh what you've been able to build here but you since you brought it up you talked about the um the fantasy cares leagues the the charity leagues that you run that's one of the big reasons that i wanted to have you on because you represent that part of the community that's um you know we haven't tapped into yet but what was the what was the impetus behind starting those leagues? And, and explain them a little bit before you get into that.
1: Okay. Well, the Fantasy Cares Leagues, uh, FantasyCares.net. Basically, I I'm running a Toys for Tots drive that you can donate, uh, donate to, and your donation amount will get you credits towards playing in any number of leagues that I'm gonna be setting up. They're all best ball leagues, so you just draft them and then you're done. But because I'm a, I'm a mad scientist, as, as Matt mentioned before, and most people that are listening might know, uh, th- these leagues are unique. I I make them interesting. I make interesting rules, interesting setups. Uh, so some of the leagues have two copies of players. Uh, other leagues are just super deep, and you still have to go super flex. And there's there's some pretty interesting set settings. I won't go through all the leagues, but uh, uh, I think the impetus for it was, well, I know it was uh, Jeff Miller. Jeff Miller is a writer for DLF and he did a toys for tots drive. He's done it for years in Las Vegas and he started doing it through uh, DLF a few years ago, a couple of years ago. And I immediately wanted to get involved. And it just turned out that as I really wanted to get involved, his life got busier and so uh, I, there wasn't really a, a torch pass but because uh, he's st- he's still involved and was still involved last year but uh, I took up more of the more of the reins of it uh, I loved what he was doing and let me tell you buying all those toys buying cartfuls cu- huge cartfuls of toys and taking pictures and showing them online and and getting to teach my three year old son what we're doing is just it's so rewarding just the mere I have a 3-year-old son so the mere thought of kids getting toys that they wouldn't have otherwise had I know it's like for my son to get a toy I can't even imagine kids that don't really get toys my my kids are just spoiled <laughs> so so kids that don't usually get toys being able to get toys for Christmas oh that just the thought of that makes me happy
0: yeah it's it's awesome and i i i think the you know it's something that I'll talk about, you know, in my episode, whenever that comes up on this show. Um, but and I don't know, you can agree or disagree with me on this. But while we get so and you know, we're sitting here talking about like how cool it is that we're talking about fantasy football in July and like that there's this big community around it. And we're so happy to be a part of each other's lives at the end of the day you know, it's just fantasy football. Yep. It is essentially meaningless. Uh, you know, <laughs> it, 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 it's really uh it's really a, a, a taking th- sort of thing. But I think the fact that you've been able to, to, to take fantasy football and turn it into a charitable sort of thing
1: is really, I mean, honestly, it's incredible. It's, it's, it's something that over the last couple of years, I've, I've really, really started to believe in. Uh, I, I, Someone asked me, or uh, Justin Speer for Commish Talk Blog, he did an article for Rotaviz. you know, what would you add to your league? And yeah. mine, mine was an immediate answer. I knew right away. I, I have so many things that I love adding to leagues, like progressive pots and rivalry trophies, stuff like that. But my number one answer is always charity. It, you don't even miss it. You, if you take out one of those entry fees and give it to charity, it doesn't, it doesn't matter that little bit actually it makes a difference <laughs> and really you won't miss it from the pot you just won't it, it's not it's not that big of a deal to you it's a big big deal for the charity you're giving it to so that that's that's something i definitely think all leagues should have
0: right yeah i mean it's something is so simple um, but, but it's powerful at the same time, uh, because you get to say like, we're still going to have fun playing fantasy football, whether we give to charity or not, but mm-hmm. it adds something a little extra to it. You know, it was, it was fun. I'm in one of the fantasy carriers league this year. I gave a spot away to, to, uh, one of the viewers of my periscopes one, one week. And it's just, it's cool, man. I don't know. It feels, it feels right. It does
1: it does it, it feels good to good, do good things, and it's so easy, it's so easy i told I told this story on the DLF podcast once that uh, I was in a video store a, a long time ago, um, and Matt, uh, you can have your coworkers tell you what one of those was. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> okay. Okay. I'm not so young that I don't remember what a video store. was. <laughs> oh, I know. I know. I'm just, I'm just, uh, just, just joshing with you. Um,
0: uh, get in line.
1: <laughs> but I had a video that uh, I I had a copy of the movie bolt and uh, I, I was, I was just looking for something to rent and there, a little kid came in with his mom and they were, they went over to bolt and I had the last copy. I knew I had the last copy And uh, that kid made an audible sadness sound when when he noticed it was all out. And she was, she was consoling him a little bit. And I just, I didn't need that movie. I could find someone else. I didn't, not a big deal, but I made, I made that little kid's day when I came over and brought him the movie bolt. And it it takes so little to be, to do something nice and and make someone's day a little bit brighter. I, I don't know. I don't know why we all just don't, don't try to do that a little more often.
0: Yeah. So, you know, kind of maybe even going beyond fantasy football uh, or you can talk more things about about the fantasy community or, or whatever. Uh, so you're you're the guest here. You can do whatever you <laughs> want. Um, my house is your house. But what are some ways maybe, you know, in date in your day to day life that either you do or you advi- would advise other people to just make that little bit of difference, you know?
1: You you know, one of the probably most common ones is, is, is the fun coffee thing. You, you go through, you go through the Starbucks line and you pay for the, the coffee behind you. That's, uh, or that's just super easy to do. Um, I I don't know. It could, it could be right down to right down to a smiling hello or opening doors for people that you don't necessarily have to. There's so just the tiniest things sometimes make a difference.
0: Yeah, and we live in a in a world right now, especially in the last couple of weeks, mm-hmm. um, that have been tough. You know, there there there's been this just you know overarching theme, whether it's our political climate or some of the tragedies that have befallen the nation. And you know, sometimes I think like being in America that uh, we're so not used to this, but for God's sakes, in other countries like you know, shit like this happens on a day-to-day basis and, and there's nothing like that's just life and it just moves on. And that's, that's crazier to think about than, than anything else, you know, it's, but it's been a tough, tough last couple of weeks, but you know, there's nothing that like on our day-to-day lives, Scott, that we can do to change all that. But if you could do something to just make the world 0.01% better, <laughs> you made the world better,
1: you know, and that matters. Right. And if each one of us did that, <laughs> that makes an even bigger difference.
0: Right. I mean, absolutely. And it's just, it's so fun. And, uh, it just makes it, yeah, like you said, it just make, just making the world better than how you found it, like leaving it how better than you found it is, is, is an important thing to do. but, mm-hmm. Yeah, Scott. I think it's I think it's fantastic that you do all that, and I think you know. Of course, I would encourage everybody to get involved. You know, this year, next year, whenever you're ready. at FantasyCares.net. So I'll, definitely something I plan on continuing to do um, for the next several years. But uh, next several years, you know, until you're dead, Scott, I'll keep doing it. <laughs> but, <laughs> but you know, we we talk about uh, we talked about you know about charity and giving and all that, and now we're gonna take a, a quick swerve off that to the bull rush podcast. Uh, <laughs> cause it's, you nice. know, it's a, it's a different, it's a, you know, it's a, it's a different vibe than most podcasts. I was talking about it today with Adam rank. Um, today at work, we were talking about different podcasts that both of us had been on. And we were both saying that the, the bull rush is one of both of our favorites that we've both mutually been on. Um, what is what's the dynamic like? So if, if people that don't know, if you haven't heard me on there, you haven't heard their other shows. It's a great show. You should subscribe to it. Uh, Scott does it with Ty Miller and Dynasty Frank, one of Twitter's hidden gems. Uh,
1: <laughs> <laughs> what what's the dynamic like on the show? It is incredibly laid back. We it's it's a lot like three guys just hanging out, having a few drinks. A lot of times and. a little secret that we probably shouldn't put out there, but there's, there's been a fair amount of our shows that we walk into the show and we're like, so what are we going to talk about tonight, guys? (laughs) That's, that's just how laid back it is. I know there's sometimes we have agendas, sometimes we don't, but uh, we just, we just talk and we just BS, but we do know our stuff. And, and I think that that really helps that if you know your stuff and you, and you have that laid back vibe, uh, it just it just flows really nicely, um, and, and guests like you and Adam and Ryan McDowell. You just it, it's it's just such a perfect mesh. Uh, we also bring a lot of comedy to, yeah. to the podcast. Uh, we 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 keep consistently try new bits. Uh, some work, some don't. But even the ones that don't work are pretty funny. So oh yeah. Um, yeah yeah i I think uh most people's favorite is probably uh probably our siri bit uh people are really digging our new dynasty loser bit we got a new one coming out in a in a week or two uh i don't know that i should tease that yet but it's it's gonna be pretty fun
0: (laughs) oh well that's exciting and and you know like you mentioned you guys all know your stuff obviously scott you clearly tell your we you know what you're talking about um uh, Frank is, uh, is a hell of an entertainer, but uh, also like, you know, he plays in a ton of leagues and uh, knows the landscape for sure and values and all that. And Ty is, you know, he's a really smart football guy as well, but he's, he's good host and, and it just, you got a really good dynamic and it's like I said, it's one of the shows I really enjoy being on. Cause like as a guy that guests on a lot of podcasts, <laughs> uh, it's good to go on a show where you don't have to feel like you're on, you know what I mean? Yeah and I like that about the bull rush, but it's it's kind of a stark contrast to uh to some of the other things that are out there, but it's a fun, but it's a fun format. Um and it's it, it exemplifies like you guys are all good guys, and you know, you like you do the charity thing as well, but you also know how to have fun. And I think you gotta have that mix.
1: Yeah, and and I am probably the least funny guy on the show. So <laughs> I, I Frank is just hilarious with his is occasional impressions and his overreacting to things. I, th- I overreacting think
0: overreacting is the yes, best.
1: He overreacts a lot. Uh, Eli Apple getting drafted was, was classic. He's a giants fan. He, that was a reaction and uh, oh man. Yeah. He's, he's great for that. I think my favorite thing that Frank that happens to Frank is when we do have an agenda, he, he prepares like crazy when <laughs> we do, we either walk in with nothing or, we make an agenda and then he spends hours preparing has a whole notebook and barely gets to use it Oh, that's <laughs> and, beautiful! and then gets mad about it. <laughs> it's, oh, terrific. It's, it's great.
0: Uh, I love that. I could just imagine Frankie just cranking out the research and then uh, just get it all getting turned in hell. That's, that's fantastic. That's the kind of dynamic uh, you're looking for right there. Um, Scott, I, I think uh, kind of would like to swerve next here. Uh is, is, you know obviously, you do a lot of a lot of good for the community, you know whether it's the fantasy community or the community at large with fantasy cares and everything but one thing i've been I've been asking people a lot you know kind of on the other end of that spectrum is there something you see in the industry or anything that you you see that you don't like or that you would change
1: oh man, I knew this question was coming too because I listened to every single episode and I didn't prepare an answer for that what what is wrong with me um
0: you're like the fifth person that said that recently though so don't worry
1: i know i know i i guess i guess i i think people could be a little bit more supportive of other people, there there are there are most of us. I'd say the majority of us will retweet other sites, and there's no exclusivity, and we're we're very supportive of each other. But there, you, you do see you do de- you do see occasionally people subtweeting each other, which I didn't even know was a thing until like last year. <laughs> uh, I'm I'm so I'm not great at Twitter apparently, <laughs> but uh, yeah, you will see that occasionally. You will see people go after each other, and and that's that's that that is annoying to me because I feel like I'm one of those guys that maybe I'm just not on Twitter enough, but uh I'm on every day, and I feel like I get along with everybody i I don't think there's anybody that I don't get along with so it's it's kind of weird for me to see two people that I like for you know I have friendships with that don't get along, and there's different sects that do that um but uh, I'd say for the most part, I love this community I love everything about it i love I love how how connected it is and how most of us will really, really back each other and, and go out of our way to help each other.
0: Yeah, it is really supportive. And, uh, you know, being somebody that's come up through it, uh, that's, that's certainly, you know, you can't do it alone. You know, you can't, you can't do this alone, whether it's full-time, part-time or whatever, like you just, you need people. Uh, in life and and especially in the community
1: and everybody has those people you had your you had Sigmund and you had Sal I had Greg Kellogg I had Jim Day Greg Kellogg was a first ballot hall of famer for the FSWA hall of fame he he's one of those guys that you know he pulled me up he he talked about me on his podcast and brought me on his podcast and uh you know when I was in in the mid-2000s when I was just starting to make my hay so I if you are out there and you are, you are getting up, uh, like if you are getting more well known, don't be afraid to reach out to those guys that, that are, you know, just starting up and give them a hand. Cause that's, that's what it's all about. I know Sigmund preaches that too, but it's, it's so true.
0: Yeah. I mean, being just willing to ask for help and then being on the other end, being willing to, to give help, yeah. you know, and that's, uh, that's something that's, you know, important too. like on, on our end of the, on the, of the spectrum, Scott, like, do you have one story, I guess that you could share of like somebody that like reaching out for help, either you reaching out to them or somebody reaching out to you that you could kind of share without breaking any confidentiality.
1: (laughs) I don't think there's any, any confidentiality. I, I think, I think there are people out there that know that, there, there are quite a few people that got their start at FF Oasis, the site I ran. Um, Chad Scott had 32 Twitter followers and not like he was, he was just a guy on Twitter and I brought him to FF Oasis. He, he, he wrote, we, we chatted, he, he moved on to DLF and all of a sudden he's got this huge podcast and like a, a billion followers and, and it was all him. It had nothing to do with me, but uh i i did i did bring him in and and you know i reached reached out to him well he he reached out to me and i said hey yeah come write for me come here come show me what you got let's let's publish your stuff and uh ty miller also started at my site (laughs) a long time ago um yeah there's there's been some people that have made it, made their way through FF Oasis, but I, like I mentioned, there's the Greg Kellogg and Jim Day and Shane Hallam all helped pull me up. So, uh, it, it goes both ways.
0: Well, it's that paying it forward mindset, you know, yes. like once, yep. once you help somebody, you know, it's it become, or once somebody helps you, it becomes your task to do that for somebody else. Uh, that's the, that's the, that's the almost intimidating in a way. I don't know. I feel, I feel a little intimidated by that sometimes, but you just do what feels natural, I guess.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And, and I I will say, I, I do like to like to say that Ty and Chad, they are so good at so many things that they were going to propel up anyway. (laughs) I can't give myself any credit for that.
0: (laughs) No, certainly. I love, I love Ty, obviously talking about your show and, and, Chad is great. I'm going to miss the Faked Goods podcast now that yeah. they're uh, closing up shop there. But the yeah, Chad and Chad and Rich, uh, that was one of my favorite guest spots to do every off season. Was the the wide receiver show? We're going to find a way to do it this off season, Faked Goods or not. I could promise the listeners of this podcast that. Um, so Scott, I, I guess, kind of one other thing, I, I would ask you about cycling back to the Scott Fishbowl for for a minute here uh as we are in the midst of Scott Fishbowl week. Um where do you see like what's where do you see the league going from here? where, where do you see the future of the Scott Fishbowl as?
1: This is this is an interesting question. It's something that I've I've debated a lot. Um a couple of years ago, if you had asked me that, I would have said, I'm not gonna make it that much bigger. I like that I like that there's it's, it's something that's tough to get into and it's this premier event, but as I've grown up and possibly matured (laughs) uh, maybe I I really, yeah, I really, I really don't know that. I don't know how much bigger I can make it and actually handle it, but I, I do like that. It really connects us and that everybody is connected for a week or two in, in July. And I, I already see people talking about how they've met new people and they're going, on, they're going on each other's podcast. People who've never been on podcasts, you're hearing them go on podcasts for the first time, just trying it out. And you know what? If next year is 600 or if next year is 720, I'm fine with that. If I can handle it just to be able to bring the community together and bring more people in and, and connect each other, I'm fine with that. <laughs> Even if I lose sleep for a week.
0: But you talk, you talk about that. You talk about the, can I handle it? The the sacrifices and all that sort of stuff. Because I think that's the one part that maybe some people don't know about, about you or about the Scott fishbowl that it takes a toll, man. Like this isn't your full-time job. You know, your, your full-time yeah. job is not tinkering on my fantasy league to make the Scott fishbowl. Unfortunately, it would, it would be great if it was, but but there's a little bit that that you have to give up to give to 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 make this thing go, right?
1: Yeah. It's good thing my wife is asleep right now, but it it it, it is a lot of hours, a lot more than probably anyone realizes. I was telling you before the show, I've slept like five or six hours in the last three days, which uh, it's insane. It's insane and completely unhealthy. I think I think part of the problem is I tried to work two days this week. I think next year I'm going to have to take the whole week off <laughs> and sleep when I can. But uh, my fantasy league does an amazing job and they do a lot. They, uh, they, their, their platform is just, it, it helps so much. They, they, they're set up perfect for it. I, I wonder if, I don't know if others I've I'ven't tried doing it on other sites, but I know that MFL is so perfect for it and it, it does make my job easier.
0: Oh yeah, it certainly does. I mean, everybody, you know, new users to my fantasy league can be like, "Oh man, this site's hard to figure out." But the customizability of it and everything—it's just, I mean, it's unparalleled. It's it's great for a league like this, that's for sure. Um, so yeah, but it's—I guess that that's that sacrifice is something that you know we talk about a lot in the industry, um, because even if you're not running a 480 team fantasy league to be a part of this space whether you want to be a full-time writer or not there's some bit of sacrifices what would you say to somebody like a new person coming up that's worried about that sacrifice or making that sort of commitment to this
1: you know i've been i've been extremely lucky because uh when you when you hit when you succeed at something there's no better feeling in the world than having put in that sacrifice and having it succeed. I mean, to watch Devi grow into a real thing to watch FF Oasis grow from a site where they would get 19 page views a day to <laughs> a site that got 863,000 in a month to watch the bull rush podcast go from a hundred listens an episode to five, 6,000 an episode uh, and now SFB to to grow from a league that we couldn't even f- we had trouble filling year two to a, a league that's and basic what what JJ Zacharyson called the other day basically the kickoff to the NFL season it's it's unreal feeling to have something succeed so don't be afraid of the sacrifice it's that sacrifice that makes it all the more better when when the success happens.
0: Yeah, I think that's the crazy thing. And and like if people um are listening can't pick up on this, you're not very perceptive, but like Scott is really like legitimately just an awesome person and like just a really good guy. Like Scott if if most people had, you know, created the Scott Fishbowl, turned it into what it is today, uh had had created Devi Leagues, you know, and and turned it into what those are today they would be egomaniac, you know, moonwalking down the timeline constantly, you know, but you've stayed, I mean, it's awesome that you've stayed like so grounded and and humble throughout this, you know,
1: you know, you know, I, I, I hope that I come off that way. Sometimes I never know how I come off. Um, I, I always, with Debbie leagues, I like to say, Hey, there might've been other people doing them in the mid nineties, you know, in their home leagues, I, I don't like to say I I created them. They're mine, but I do I know I am one of one of the originators. I know that my the idea we had was fresh. I knew I know that we searched the internet and couldn't find them, uh, and I helped push them in writing. But there are other people like Steve Yremsky who did them on his own as well and has pushed them in the industry. He's a pioneer in Devi too. There's there's uh, there's a lot of guys that have that have helped these things along the way. And uh, it, it's, it's, it's never only one person that creates something. SFB was not just, all, not just me. It's, it's guys like you and, and guys, guys like any, any of the, the, the analysts that have played in SFB have, have gotten their friends to play in SFB. They're other analyst friends. They're, they, they promote it on Twitter. They, they do these mock drafts. they, all these things help make something big. It's not one person that makes it big. It's, it's everybody working together to make something big.
0: Yeah, it's certainly true. It's why it's such a perfect embodiment of the, uh, of the fantasy community. What, like what Scott fishbowl has become, but Scott, I really appreciate your time here tonight. Kind of winding down uh, just, just a little bit here. You know, I asked you earlier, what's next for the Scott fishbowl or where does, where do you see it going? But can I ask you, like, f- for you as a, as a person, w- where do you see Scott Fish going? You know, because obviously you're uh, you're involved in a lot, and you're you w- work for DLF, you write for them, you do some mock drafts for them to get their ADP together. You with Ryan McDowell, you obviously do a whole hell of a lot with the Scott Fishbowl, Bowl, but and you really carved out a very specific niche in the community. But but what's next? Where does the journey continue to go for Scott?
1: Wow. See, I don't know because if you told me a year ago that I would have a podcast, I wouldn't have believed you because I had just been a guest a few times and I I always found myself awkward on podcasts. I I didn't love doing them. Uh, so I don't know what the future holds, but I'm guessing it's it's more of a step back uh, than than a step forward. I might I, I'm going to continue doing the things I do, uh, but. I don't know that I'm going to increase things. I I stopped. I don't, I don't think I've written, I've probably written a couple articles in the last year or two. I, I've really tailed off on that end. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to stick around. I, that's the thing I've always done is stick around and I love doing this stuff. So there's no way I could ever give it up. It is my passion, but I think, I think I'm nearing the end of my journey on the writing front and, I, I've, I've hit the end of my journey on the creating my own site front. I love being a, a part of a team at DLF, and I like just being a part of the team instead of leading the team. Um, I don't know what the future holds, but I do know that SFB is not going away. I know that Fantasy Cares is not going away, and I know that I'm going to consistently try to help behind the scenes to, to any site that, that, that wants me to help them, <laughs> assuming I have time to help.
0: Yeah, and that's what makes you, that's what makes you, you, Scott, you know, one of the more unique people in the fantasy community, you know, and one of the better ones out there, that's for sure. And somebody that deserves a little bit of the spotlight as well. But Scott, again, it's been, this has been such an awesome conversation. This is the part of the podcast. Some of the guests seem to hate, but uh, I'm going to do it anyways, because it's my show. This is the part of the podcast where before we get out of here, I give the guests one last shot at the floor before I yank it out from under you. And we, we, we close the show. So, Scott, before we get out of here, the floor is yours to say whatever it is you want to say.
1: My first question is, do you do that yank it out from under them for every, every guest, the motion you just did?
0: Literally every time. That's, <laughs> <laughs> every single time I do the yanking motion. I don't know when it started, but I did it, and then I was like, I'm going to do that every episode.
1: That's I love it. That's that's very awesome. No, this is part of the, this is part of the show that that seems pretty easy for me. This would be my one last chance to plug fantasycares.net, my toys for tots drive, but more than that, you know what, it's not a big deal if you don't you, you don't help me with help donate to that toys for tots drive. Just just try to give back a little. Try to give to charity. Try to try to get your league to install a little bit of a charity aspect. Uh you won't miss it. Your league will probably feel you'll feel better about yourself. You'll you'll be like my league does this good thing. Just uh just consider it. It's 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 so little and it and it does make a difference.
0: Yeah, it's absolutely true it does and and I think it feels good on the other end uh as well. So Scott, again, I really want to thank you for your time tonight. This has been a really good discussion that I'm happy we we got to have during Scott Fishbowl Week. And, uh, you know, it's a unique part of the the community, but an important part that we haven't gotten to dive into yet as far as the fantasy cares and everything. But uh, we definitely got to sign out of here. I've been, I've, I, worked a long, I worked a long day today, and I've got a needy dog here on the other end. And you, Scott, need to get some rest. That is for sure, because you've been working hard and you deserve it. But, again, Scott, thank you so much for coming on. And for the listeners – Thank you so much for tuning in once again. It's always a pleasure to do this with you. We are wrapping uh, slowly towards the end here of season one. The show is almost over in its first iteration. And I can't thank you all enough for coming along on this journey with me. Continue to support the show by rating and reviewing, sharing it with your friends. These these episodes, even once season one closes, they won't get old. You can listen to these at, at pretty much any time and enjoy them. And uh, please especially consider going to fantasycares.net, like Scott said, and checking it out and playing in leagues with me and playing with leagues and other people there, the best ball leagues that Scott sets up through the donations. Definitely make sure to do it. So with that, thank you all so much for listening, and I hope you learned something today.